Hi, and welcome to the Orion Podcast with Jessa and Laurel. In this episode, we connect with Megan Rose, who is the spiritual advisor for our business. Our intention for the show was to share authentically in the moment. You'll hear that our ability to heal how the world does business begins with healing ourselves. We hope you feel good taking what you like and leaving the rest. Enjoy. Transform business, change the world. That's the Tory Project's mission. If you're concerned about environmental degradation, social injustice, or the shredding of our democracy, check out Tory Project. This exciting new organization teaches entrepreneurs how to build highly profitable businesses that also act as a force for good in the world. Follow Tory Project on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and check out David J. Farron on LinkedIn to watch his videos designed for first-time founders and entrepreneurs. Sign up to join their next boot camp or volunteer to help out at www.toryproject.org. Hey, Laurel. Hey, Jessa. Who's our guest today? We have Megan Rose. We are so excited to have you. <laughs> Finally talk about you instead of just us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited to be on here, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. How are we connected? I was trying to, so we start every podcast with how we're connected to our guests. And I was thinking back to how I got connected to you. And I think it was like at the beginning of lockdown, one of my friends had recommended this, this meditation studio that was switching all the programs online because, you know, that's what we all did. And I was taking your classes, you were doing these online tarot manifestations and they're so great. And I can't remember, this is where I'm like, I can't remember the steps, but one of my dear friends, Michaela, also one of our number one fans, <laughs> she was saying about how she had a friend do a session with you and that, you know, highly recommended that it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it was COVID. Everything is like up in the air. And I met with you and I was like, oh my gosh, Megan is amazing. And so <laughs> since then, I've like, I name dropped you <laughs> so many times. So I'm so excited to have like the Megan Rose on Orion. And, and then since then, you know, like I said, I keep talking about you. And so Laura and I have weaved that into our Estellar Co. business strategies to meet with you on a quarterly basis and have a session for us on business and personal life and how that's impacting our business decisions. And so very long, yes. I could probably talk about an hour, but I'll stop there. <laughs> and now we want to share with our, our network too, or, you know, beyond what we've already referred people to is um, Megan on Orion. So it's just been such a joy. Oh my goodness. The journey to get to here from the moment that we first came into contact has been an absolute blast. Like, I love that you're like, I name drop you all the time. You're amazing. But it's such a reciprocal feeling meeting with you guys on a quarterly basis. Like I'm always like, yes, like let's put a gold star on this. Like today is going to be such a good day when I do the Estellar Co. meetings with you guys. Thank you. That means so much. And I, you know, putting it in that perspective, I think is so interesting because so much has happened in a year. And for you and your growth and your business, like I've seen it externally just being on your newsletters and Instagram and seeing you grow and then vice versa long night from where we were at a year ago is like a completely different world. And so it, it's been really fun and you know, we're just so excited to get to learn more about you. And that's how we started off is that, you know, when we have these sessions where of course it's like, okay, let's, let's focus on us. And, (laughs) and so I guess, you know, can you tell us like, so we, we work with you through, you know, tarot and intuition and, I have so much to say, but I guess, can you kind of give us, 
I, I'd love to hear about your background, like where you're from, your early career, and then how you got to where you're at today. Beautiful. I mean, I... Very short story, I'm sure. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm going to try to give my elevator pitch kind of format to this because the journey has just been absolutely wild. I mean, I grew up with Catholicism and Christianity on both sides, and I'm oh, sure... Yeah, as everybody knows, there, especially back then, was such a huge implication of dark magic, the occult, Wiccan culture, just all of it being associated with very, like, demonic, negative things. And I didn't really understand how I could have a relationship to my spirituality if it wasn't religious. So I was really blessed in the way that you know, my mom, when we would go camping up in Maine, she would bring me out to the boardwalks and let me get my palms read and go to psychic readers. Like if we were just having kind of like a breakaway day, the two of us and my aunt, you know, God bless her. She was taking me to yoga classes when I was kind of in my revolting rebellion phase. And I was like, I don't want to do sports. I don't want to do the YMCA program. I don't want to do anything that anybody at school is doing. So she would, you know, bring me on the weekends or after school to yoga classes. And my initial teacher was also a Reiki healer. So she would come around the room and place her hands and do energetic healings. And mind you, I'm like 11 or 12 years old at this point. So I didn't have a firm grasp on why I felt so called towards these alternative healing methods. But I just kind of kind of kept it on the back burner. I'm like, okay, we'll tap back into that later on. That was my intuition at the time. Um, And I really went full board onto the traditional path. I went to a four-year university for marketing, management, and small business development. Moved out to LA maybe two or three months after I finished my degree on a one-way ticket, no plan, nothing. I had only been out there maybe two or three times prior. My parents are like, you're absolutely insane. Um, and ended up getting more jobs in the private investment firm. I was already in banking back home, paying for myself to go to school. Um, so it just made sense, you know, like I was really living in the left side logical brain for a long period of time. And it wasn't until my last job in downtown LA, working for one of the largest portfolios on the West Coast. And I had just finished a 10 hour day and I got in the car and it said on ways that it was going to be two hours and five minutes to get home. (laughs) And at that point it was the, those five minutes that I was like, this is now more than half of my day that I'm spending dedicating to somebody else's dream. Mm -hmm. And I already had my meditation practice built up at that point. I had gotten into Ayurveda as far as like my diet was going Um, and just really kind of honing in on my intuition. Like I would talk with friends from time to time and be like, is something going on with your dad? And they'd be like, oh my God, my dad just got admitted to the hospital last week. Or I'm feeling something really funky with your relationship, even though we're at, you know, like an engagement party, like something that just wouldn't make sense to anybody else. And she's like, yeah, I just found out he was cheating on me last night. You know, like it was things that could not be explained, but I had no container for it. Mm -hmm. So kind of reverse back to this terrible two-hour trek that I had to make home. 
And I wrote out an email to my boss and I was like, I need to give my notice. And they were like, don't even worry about coming in. Like you're just done. Like kind of on the spot. Like it was just a very kind of brash, not at all the type of ending that you want, but it was, you know, a sign looking back on it. Like, it's like, they're quick to just be like, you're replaceable. Like, let's just get the next cog in the machine. Um, and I was kind of at odds and I ended up taking a minimum wage job at a meditation studio, the same meditation studio that we met through Jessa working at their front desk. Mind you, I was like 4.0 out of university working for just under six figures at a private investment firm. This was like the biggest blow to my ego. <laughs> and I had to suck it up. Like I was like, something's calling me to go and do this. A couple weeks later, their studio manager moves out of that position. I took it over. Um, there was one day that their Reiki teacher didn't show up for class and I had to step in last minute. And that was the first time that I led a class. And it just kind of snowballed after that. And teaching became the Mecca. And then I left the position as the studio manager. And then it, you know, became creating the tarot class that you came to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I had enough people afterwards being like, I need you to be my go-to. Like I need you on my emergency speed dial. Like you can't be teaching this much. Um, and the money was right, but I had never owned a business. So, you know, it was just kind of finding my footing throughout all of it, but that's not at all, uh, the short version of that story, but that's kind of the outline of, of what's happened over the last handful of years. And now I'm here. So interesting. And I love hearing that because I think, you know, like you said, you're, you're so intuitive and these things happen to you that you can't explain, but you're just kind of called, to these, I don't know, words or, you know, reaching out to people about certain things. And so recognizing the opportunities in your life where you easily could have said no, you easily could have just complained about the traffic and went about it, but recognizing that everything's going to be okay, trusting your intuition. And, and I think, you know, part of like what I've been reading about this last week and just really thinking a lot about is making space in your life Mm -hmm. for these other things to come in. Completely. And it's so important. We forget about it from an energetic space because we can't see it. And we're such visual creatures. It's so easy to walk into a room in your home and say, this is packed. I feel like a hoarder at this point. I need to clear this out. But to really sit down with your energetic space and take inventory of that and say, you know, this job isn't working, this relationship isn't working, this group of friends isn't working, this behavior that I'm exemplifying isn't working, um, that that takes stillness and silence and a level of discernment that a lot of the times we don't know how to build up until we find a way. We're not really taught to slow down or be still. We're taught to like pound the pavement, go, 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 do it do your hardest, work that 10 hour day, go to school, make your money, like pound the pavement, not, not walk slowly with intention. Yeah. There's such an exhaustion hubris in Western culture where we really um, put people who are willing to 
work to the bone up on a pedestal and it never felt right to me. Um, you know, as someone who would consider themselves a feminist, I was always kind of averse to like, you know, I need my own job and I need my own money and I need my own passion. And I still believe that. But after going all the way to the other end of the spectrum and working 10 plus hour days and commuting an hour to two hours each way, um, I realized how important it is to find where you fall on the spectrum and not just go with the herd. Well, I think this is something that's been on my mind a lot lately. And I've, it's, I think the pandemic really highlighted it for me, um, you know, my awareness. So I just figured it out. So it <laughs> hasn't happened till now, but it's, is the, the culture that, like you said, it's like the American dream. If, if you're not working hard, if you're like, you can always work harder. We glorify working hard, mm -hmm. um, you know, take on that second, third job to get ahead. And because the people at the top need all these worker bees to keep the economy running. And then you saw that we all saw that in the pandemic where mm -hmm. there's the people we need in the grocery stores, the people we need in the farms, the people we need delivering food and delivering packages, whatever it is. And when they didn't want to go to work, rightfully so, because it was a very scary time, that's when it was like, wait, okay, well now we should pay these people more. And it's when that's when we finally started, it seems like as a culture starting to reflect, or I shouldn't say reflect, respect essential workers, yeah. the people who really are the backbone of keeping the economy running. And it's, and I, I really struggle with that mindset of like, oh, you, you need to work so many hours in a day to get your value. And you're valuing the time rather than the energy. And sorry, I have like, this is just, like really this has been so much on my mind. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm hijacking this a little bit, but like very recently, mm -hmm. there's been a little social media snafu with someone who came out and was saying, you know, I work harder than everybody else. Like no one else will get up at 4 a.m. No one else will do this. And uh, it didn't go over well, spoiler alert, but because it is like, okay, well, what does it mean to work hard? Does it mean getting up at 4 a.m. to, you know, make sure your kids have lunch for the day, take them to a daycare, get a sitter in, whatever it is, and then go to job, to job, to job, just to have like basic needs met? Mm -hmm. like, what does that mean by getting up early? And for me, it's like, I can get up early, I can do whatever, but I see people working so much harder than me mm. who are making well, I'm not making a lot of money right now as a, as a up and coming entrepreneur, but you know, like, or in the past when I had like my eight to five desk job and you know, I had like four year degree and all this stuff. And then I see people out like doing physical labor in the sun. I'm like, this is so hard or people yeah. like over a hot grill, like cooking all day. And I just, I think about this all the time where I'm like, I'm not like, I'm making more money than you but I'm not working harder, but I'm getting paid more. And like, that's not fair to me. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, I went like way down a tangent, but I think it all comes back to the thing is where it's instilled in people's minds that they need to work harder because the people at the top who are making all the money. And I'm like talking about, you know, like the one percenters ish is like, they need people to think that they need people to mm -hmm. constantly want to work harder. And it's like this psychological, like warfare, I guess, for lack of a better word. Completely. And then it puts us in a position of villainizing people who have wealth, which is also another part of the whole process that 
I want to avoid. And I hope that through my work and what I share can also help other people avoid because when we're living in a state of frustration and contraction, we're not allowing ourselves to open up and expand into that space of life because I will be completely honest. I want wealth and I'm calling in wealth and I hope to have prosperity and abundance so I can then rightfully give that back to the rest. And I think the one portion of the wealth disparity that we have in this country, the issue isn't that people have that much money. It's when people still live in a state of lack mentality where they're not willing to freely give it back and help the collective because there is something so beautiful about having that level of wealth and also being um, innovative or intelligent about the ways to give it back, not blowing it, not using it on solely material goods, not spending it in excess consistently, but really allowing wealth to be allocated in an intelligent way where more people are benefiting. Because I don't think that everyone has what it takes to be in that space like there is a level of innovation and creativity that it really takes to get to that point of wealth um so we just look kind of back at the energetics of all of it right because whether it's my work or your work or the work of so many people there's always that potential for there to be expansion prosperity and well-being for all it's just getting us to the point where um, we know kind of where we want to go. Like I always tell people too, even with my progression, there's nothing wrong with working in private investments. Absolutely nothing, but it was misaligned with me. So I'm holding space at that job when somebody who's perfectly aligned with that job is waiting for it. And it's the same thing with a relationship. Sometimes the most loving thing that we can do for a partner is to let them be free so you can find someone who's able to unconditionally love and accept one another, but it feels counterintuitive to us to let those go. Yeah. I a hundred, I think the counterintuitive is that's really poignant. And this is why I love talking to you is because the way you say things and present them, it, it's so clear. And it's, you know, thank you for bringing that up too, because this is something that Laurel and I work on, you know, with you is our relationship with money because we both, came up very differently and have a different view of it. And so I am working on abundance and being, yes. you know, like money is not, I, I, I always want to say, I don't think money is bad, but I think I do somewhere deep within me. And, yeah. and it's like, I think that what you said about it's that not holding on to it. And mm. I was thinking about you actually yesterday and Laurel in this context, there's a story about this NFL player, um, Kamara, he plays for the saints and he was out, there's a big article about how he hasn't spent any of his money from his NFL contract, which is like $75 million. And he's only living off money from his endorsements because he grew up with not a lot. Mm -hmm. And so for him, and especially you look at these professional athletes or people who come into large sums of money very quickly and don't know how to manage it. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, I'm like, well, this is great. Good for you. But at the same time, I'm like, well, you should be like, what are you holding on to this for? Mm -hmm. and, and I get and I get it for, and this isn't like a criticism or any, obviously anything like, I think, you know, we can all do what we want to some extent. 
I don't know. I might backpedal on that, but I was thinking about it. It's like, what are you holding this for? When are you going to need $75 million? And what is the plan? And so it wasn't talking about giving back. It was just talking more about, you know, he lives within his means, which I think is awesome. He was like, I'm not buying a car to impress people that I don't care about. I'm not spending this money, but at the same time, he's holding on to it for there. I think there is that fear of lack because that's what he grew up with. And so I was just thinking about it in context of how we talk about, I think, I don't know, as one of you were talking about like an infinity symbol with money, it like comes and it goes and it flows. Um, It's just a flow of energy. Money is just a flow of energy. So I think to your point, Jessa, an individual that's, you know, I'm holding on to a lot of things in my basement. That's like my womb space, like holding on to that stuff. Why am I holding on to it? Just get rid of it, right? And then you free the space. Same with this gentleman. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's that place of lack and that energy Mm. is stuck. Instead of Mm. opening up and flowing and and giving and giving that back, it's stuck. I'm interested to hear your perspective, Megan, because it's easy to be, um, like you said, it's not being critical, but just being hyper aware of when somebody's holding and not giving and why, like, is it fear or what is it? Absolutely. I mean, well, and the one thing too, and the space that I want to give to him for that decision is that it's rightfully his and he earned it. And whether or not he chooses to use it is such an individual space. But if we're trying to dig into maybe why there's a level of um, contraction or holding or gripping, um, it could be so many different things. When I think about money, it's all related to the heart chakra. So this is kind of our conductor space. This is all of our ins and outs. Any type of energy is essentially being filtered or meeting at the heart chakra. So that's love, that's time, that's money, that's energy. Um, Yeah, so it's like green is money. And, you know, people always associate it with pinks and reds for passion and for love. Um, But the reality is, is that it's just a reciprocator. That is the middle space between our higher chakras and our lower chakras. So it goes from that kind of earthly plane of money and a job and work and grind um, to that kind of then connector space to who we are, what we are, what our soul wants and what our soul needs. And when I look at that situation, um, who's to say that he's not going to have a brilliant business idea a year, five years, 10 years down the line that needs that $75 million. And there may be something behind the scenes that's happening that we don't even know or could not comprehend from a 3D human space that maybe his spirit is telling him to hold on for. Um, I mean, I'll speak on my own experience. I grew up from very humble means and at certain points in my life was helping my parents pay their electricity bill with the $50 check that I got from working a whole week at Old Navy. Like there are parts of my background that are fully related to shame when it comes to money. Um, You know, driving around my grandma's old beat up Saturn um, because I couldn't afford my first car, but I had to go to my job. Um, So there's just a lot when I look at that situation where I'm like, I don't know what his own specific individual experience was with money beforehand. But I watched myself after I was making more money than I watched my parents make combined 
growing up within the first year of being in a career job and holding it, like putting tens of thousands of dollars away in a savings account and not touching it, but also not making interest on it. Um, There's something about the risk and reward factor that I think you can only truly comprehend and act upon when you have a level of trust with money. So when I started getting into stocks and crypto and investing in friends' business ideas with a return, um, that was only accessible to me once I trusted that the money was going to come back. Yeah. So I wonder within his situation, it may feel amplified and it may feel like we have the right to judge him, but not me because of how much money there is involved in the equation. But the reality is I look at that situation and I'm like, I feel you. I have total compassion to you holding on to that. And I also want to believe that at some point he does find the proper way and something that he feels passionately about to give back. Yeah. And we can't, we can't know that we can trust and know in our knowing that he's doing what's right for him. And my experience growing up in Catholic school in Augustinian Catholic school, we studied a lot about, we studied what wealth meant from a Catholic perspective and what greed was as a sin. And so when we would talk about very specific people and we would discuss the amount of money they were making and the amount of money they were giving back through philanthropy. And the main message that I got from my priests at school was it doesn't matter how much money he gives away in philanthropy. The fact that he even accumulated that means he's stealing from other people's ability or capacity. And it was a very specific person that I won't name, but it was, that's the, the mentality I grew up with was a particular amount of wealth is greed and it's a sin and no amount of philanthropy is going to heal you. And I, I'm abbreviating. I'm sure my Augustinian priest would be upset with my brevity, but that's that was the, the takeaway that I that I got from it. And it was it's very interesting to create my own wealth and earn my own money and have to listen to one side of me going immediately get rid of it immediately, yeah. and then the other side of it being like, but you earned it and you deserved it. You have the right to do with it whatever you want. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I guess that's growing up. Well, and this is exactly where kind of the thread and the whole podcast is, is how important emotionally healing is to the growth of a business, to the way that you can give back, to the way that you can accumulate wealth. Because if you hadn't done all of that deep work, you would still be living with that priest's voice in your head going, Laurel, you are greedy for having this much money when the reality is not that at all. It's the relationship that you hold to it. And I firmly believe that greed is, uh, I don't even want to say conscious because for a lot of people, it's very subconscious, but it is an energetic funnel in which the way that you live your life is kind of taken in and taken out. So if we can alleviate the, the feeling that deep desire to keep or withhold from others, you having wealth is not inherently greedy, but what's the intention behind having the wealth and who you hold it back from? Because that's where greed truly lies and not in the amount of money that you have or hold. 
I think that's a, an excellent point too, as Jess and I move through this movement around transforming the way businesses work, um, you know, taking care of their people, taking care of our planet first, and then the profits will follow. And that's where the trust comes in. Trust and knowing within your knowing that abundance will flow from you if you take care of yourself, your human beings, your healthy human relationships, and the natural resources on which we inevitably rely. Yeah then the money will follow. And the people that don't trust that and lead with profits first, I, in my opinion, that's where things break down and you have mm -hmm. big losses mm -hmm. for people and big discrepancies. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been thinking about this. You know, one of my favorite things to say is our business psychic says, that's what I call you, our business <laughs> psychic. I love, I love saying that. Oh, and I love that. I received that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we also, um, our lawyer is uh, an intuitive as well. And it's just, mm. it's so, I love it. And so, you know, my friends look at me like I'm crazy. They're like kind of eye roll and stuff. But I was wondering too, you know, we work with you in a capacity where we have agreed, like with Laura and I have agreed for our business strategy that we want to work with you quarterly to kind of check in and, you know, it's so, I, I feel like there's kind of a few things I want to ask you about in here is that, you know, when people hear tarot, a lot of people will be like, ooh, like recoil or it's, you know, it's bad, it's evil, mm -hmm. it's black magic, like you said earlier. And then, you know, but we use that with you to help hone our intuition in business decisions and personal decisions, which impact the business. And so I was wondering, like, what are the, I know you work with a lot of businesses and people in that capacity. And I think it's so interesting. And I, I love, I love it. I love that other people are doing this and that you're available. And I was just wondering, what are some other ways that businesses or that you work with businesses? Well, it's so funny because it really, most of the time is a trickle down effect. Like I'm working with thought leaders, CEOs, celebrities, influencers, business owners, um, people who have a level of influence over either their company, their corporation, or the world as a whole from their platform. Um, and I am not always using tarot. Like I was working with a very high profile client and she would come over and we would do energetic healing because I'm also a Reiki master. That was where I kind of started my whole path into being an alternative healer or a spiritual advisor. Um, and it's snowballed out enough now with the levels of, or the years and level of training that I've had, where I kind of give people a menu um, and let them step into their own intuition by choosing what they need. Um, but a lot of the times it is kind of, problem navigation and future mapping with just intuition and foresight, um, really allowing people to, because like Laurel was saying, when we're in this go, 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 there's very little time for us to actually connect to that inner voice and hear what needs to happen. Like the choice could be clear as day um, for how to move a business forward or how to move legislation forward or how to move anything, a movement forward um, to somebody sitting on the outside. But if you're caught up in this kind of mental, emotional space where you can't even see straight, that moment of just being still, like having somebody guide you through meditation or somebody do hand placements and energetic healing with Reiki or even pull a very small tarot spread 
um, you kind of feel like the world has stopped. Like there's a level of silence where it doesn't even really matter what I'm doing or saying. It's just giving that container of safety to calm down and listen to your own inner voice. So it's kind of like going to a restaurant and the whole main focus is to eat and we could all three be sitting at the table and get something totally different, but leave with the same feeling of satiation. So I just let people choose what they need in order to leave feeling a sense of clarity. But those modalities are Reiki, guided meditation, um, tarot, and spiritual advisory as a whole. It's really su supportive um, when we can meet with you and you'll help us calm down, get centered and grounded. And then when you pull cards or you guide us through a meditation, whatever it might be, I'm seeing the divine synchronicities between the cards and the symbols and the, the affirmations and the speaking points. Of course you are too. You're receiving messages and you're delivering them and you're saying them to me. It really is my intuition and my gut saying, I see this point of connection and this point of connection. And then I'm forming these constellations yeah. of ideas and thoughts that drive me, motivate me and inspire me. And I know that that's coming from my knowing and my gut and my heart. And yeah. it's not some external force telling me this is the road you're going on. This is how long you're driving. This is the speed at which you're going. And that's the destination. It's mm -hmm. more like me going, I'm co-creating this yeah. instead of being forced to do it. Fully. And I mean, we were just talking about that, like the way that it's manufactured of how you should live your life is a, a culmination of all of these different types of indoctrination over the way that you are moving through your existence versus ever really allowing you to feel comfortable with listening to your own inner voice. So it's, it's a breaking of the chain. It's throwing a spoke in the wheel by having these moments and, and these sessions because it's totally counterintuitive to what we've been told to do, feel, think, and behave. I have, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say go kind ahead. of on the lines of, you know, like tarot and psychics and you know, some of the perception and especially, you know, I think like I'm from the Midwest and, you know, I'm sure mm -hmm. even from the East Coast, people are like, okay, California, you're so woo-woo. <laughs> but I'm like, so, so what, first of all. And one of my friends is, you know, the, I realize the more I talk about this with people and talk about working with you, the more, like we talk about like abundance, the more people are receptive. And I mm -hmm. find out that they're doing something similar and I would have never known about it if we just didn't, if I didn't have this kind of I guess, relationship with you where I could talk about it and say, you know, I met with Megan Rose and we're doing all this work. And I got me reminded, I, I have like so many funny, like personal relationships with, with, you know, tarot and psychic readings and all this stuff that are like conjuring up that I totally forgotten about. But one of my friends told me very recently, she was saying, she's like, I love, you know, meeting with like psychics or intuitives because they tell you basically what to do or what you need to do. And, 
Whereas if you go to a therapist, they're like, well, what do you think? What do you think? And I'm like, and that's exactly what I feel like. That is so perfect because if you're talking to a therapist, I feel like I'm just talking to a friend. I'm like, listen, I'm paying you for the hour. Can you just like tell me what to do next? Like, you know, like I don't need to say, like, just ask me why, why? It's like, this is not helpful. And so, you know, and I know I highly believe in therapy, like psychiatry, all that. Do that when you need it. You like every different things for different people. But for where I'm at, I find, you know, working with you is so much more helpful because the way you present these things and you talk about like money and abundance and energy and negative blocking, I'm like, oh yes. Like I, I see it. It's so clear. And that makes so much sense to me. So I just, I, I love that the approach that you bring and, you know, kind of, I think you touched on this a little bit. It's like, it is our intuition and, and thinking about, again, I have some friends who are very cynical and they kind of roll their eyes when I talk to them about some of the things, you know, like the messages we get. And I'm like, this isn't like we show up to a meeting with you and you're saying, okay, do, do one, two, three, you know, quit your job, move right. to Texas. Like it's, you know, it's, it's these big discussions, but there are some things that are very, very spot on where I'm like, there's literally no way you would know this about me. And it's really that mindset of like, take what you like and leave the rest. And, mm. And I think that's what people are afraid of there. I think there, there's like a stigma where you're going to meet with them and say, well, something you like, you're going to die tomorrow. Yeah. It's like, no, no, it's very positive. It helps you. It helps us like learn within and things you're already thinking about. And so hmm. you're meeting when we meet with you and you bring up these things, it's something that's already in my mindset and I'm prescribing my, like, I don't know, inherent or internal biases yeah. upon what you're saying, whether it's good or bad. And so I just want to kind of highlight that, that it's not like you showing up, just telling us what to do and we go do it blindly, whatever. It's, it's very much a dialogue and conversation and exchange of information and energy. And so that's it. That's all I just want to say. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too, like bringing up therapy and, and kind of why certain people feel called or subscribe to other things. I wouldn't be able to do the work that I do if I didn't have a therapist. And I also wouldn't be able to do the work that I do if I didn't have my own tarot. I was and wondering that. Oh, yeah. No, I tell people all the time. I'm like, because I'm still going through the motion of getting emotionally caught up in relationships and jobs and um, family dynamics and personal choices and um you know, I always want to learn how to be better than I already am. So I'm more readily available to give back in a multitude of ways, you know, like God forbid I got on the phone with somebody and I didn't have a level of understanding to what they were going through. And then I'm not able to translate. So it's almost like I continuously want to learn more and stay curious and dive deeper because as these messages come through, I want to be able to translate them through my human mouth to another human being who can understand it and receive it. Because so oftentimes too, I'm working with people who have been afraid of tarot or um, just have never had the opportunity of having a tarot reading and I'm their first reader you know, and I always want to be able to provide not only a safe space, but digestible information because that homework, like that little bit of like, 
okay, go ask for this much more during the negotiation or go have this type of workshop or healing session with your partner or, you know, whatever the, whatever's being prescribed. Um, I want that to really hit home and create positive change within the lives of the people that I'm leaving with. Um, And I think it was Maya Angelou that said it the best. People will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. And I only ever want people to leave these sessions feeling like a more clear, more aligned, more powerful version of who they already were. That resonates with me. And I, I appreciate that fully because as entrepreneurs, doing the work on ourselves is doing the business work. It's like work on yourself is business work. And I think that previous generations haven't looked at it that way. To them, work is just generating money, but we need to work on ourselves every day. We need to heal ourselves emotionally. Every coach needs a coach. Every business guide needs a business guide. Mm -hmm. And so in my personal Rolodex, if you will, of healing to focus on myself, I have a functional medicine doctor Mm -hmm. and I have a Yoni healer and Mm -hmm. I have, you know, Megan Rose and, you know, my marriage Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like the things that we invest in. How, how else do you invest in yourself as an entrepreneur? So just as you said, you can show up for your job with this expanded capacity. Yeah. Um, I have a therapist that I speak to weekly. Um, I have an acupuncturist who is also a Reiki practitioner. Oh my goodness. She's also a Reiki practitioner (laughs) and she does cupping. Um, I have a love psychic. I have a financial guide who also reads tarot or that's the modality that we use when we get together. Um, And then the things that I invest in, you know, whether it's my partnership or my community or my friends, um, those have all been so pivotal to me, especially with kind of some of the wounding and healing that I came into this life with. Um, It's been really difficult to understand how much we can break away from the way that society is telling you to operate. So whether that's you know, keeping people in your life out of obligation or only seeing a Western medicinal doctor. um, It just never resonated with me. I grew up with very little guidance about how to take care of my body. And that was initially why I got involved and invested with Ayurveda. When I moved out to Los Angeles, I had an Ayurvedic practitioner that I worked with for Abhyanga oil massage treatments and also Ayurvedic meal planning that I still implement to this day. And I worked with her now almost five years ago. Um, So it's just always knowing that you, as this growing being, needs a team to support you. And those people have a team to support them. And it really um, gives us a visual to remember the interconnectedness of our existence where I support you guys, but you guys support so many other people. And it is, it's just that flow and that reciprocation and knowing like me giving time and session to you is actually a gift and a blessing because you're then taking it out and sharing that with so many other people. That's that compounded value that we are 
relying on that we are creating with each other that we're co-creating that's regeneration that is how our regenerative businesses expand and push society that's how we heal each other heal ourselves and expand beyond just in silos doing our own thing and i just wanted to bring that forward to our listeners this is a concrete example of how when you take care of yourself and you take care of people and you invest in emotional intelligence and emotional healing, it that value compounds beyond just a one-time ROI, right? It just keeps going and going and going and going. Yeah. There is no such thing as transactional energetic sharing. And I think that's why it's so important to do this emotional healing work and really allow yourself to come from a space of abundance versus a state of lack because it's not transactional at all. Like we forget that people will leave either getting a service done or buying a product and utilize that then forward. Um, so it is, it's ever flowing and ever creating and ever regenerating. Um, there's only more goodness that can come from sharing goodness. And I love this because like I was saying earlier, it's like we've seen your business grow so much mm-hmm. over just the last year. And can you just give us some updates on where you're at and where you're going? Because like I said, I've seen so many transformations just as an outsider, kind of like I said, watching on the newsletter or on Instagram. And I just know so you have so many big things going on. So please share. <laughs> Completely. Um, it's been a wild journey. Um, I'm now a resident writer for both uh, Glamour magazine, which is a magazine that I have followed since I was single digits age. And it's always been a dream of mine. So I'm now writing monthly tarot scopes and bringing tarot to the mainstream um, by giving back um, tarot horoscopes for all 12 of the zodiac signs. So you can read each month for your sun sign and your rising sign. Um, I also write tarot scopes in print for Bella Magazine, which is a woman owned magazine that amplifies the voices of um, minorities and women all over the country currently, um, but it's shared worldwide. Um, so that feels beautiful too to see my work in written form. Um, and then I'm offering a weekly class. So I offer those intuitive tarot manifestation classes to grow a spiritual community and especially give people a space of interconnectedness as we're all physically separate from one another. Um, and that's been a blessing. Kind of the final portion of what I'm doing that I love and I feel so passionately about is my spiritual advisory program. So it's the Align Spiritual Advisory Program. Um, where I meet every week, same time, same day with those who are open and willing to get themselves into a space of amplification and they're ready to face their truths and their traumas to become the best version of themselves. And that's kind of where you get the choice to pick off of that service menu. So whether it's problem navigation, tarot, um, Reiki, or meditation that you need that week, it's a one-on-one program to bring you to your highest vibrational self and remove energetic blockages. So crazy busy, but there's access to my services for everyone now. So whether that's reading your tarot scopes for free, paying 10 bucks to drop into class or investing in 
your most beautiful and vibrant future with the program. Um, there's options for everybody. I just feel so blessed to have it working the way that it is. We're grateful to have you on in our little community of regeneration. And, and I wanted to highlight that for some people, it can seem scary. Like when you say, oh, you're going to come and kind of face your your insecurities or your weaknesses and really optimize and amplify yourself. It can seem scary, but I do this on a weekly basis with my functional medicine doctor and my yoni healer. And when you just invest the time and and create the space to look at yourself um, with love and compassion, it's, it's wild how much more love and compassion actually comes out. It's not a lot of fear and anxiety. It's not scary stuff. It's actually the opposite. It's this beautiful compassion that I definitely wouldn't have, it would have taken me a lot longer to cultivate and amplify or optimize that within myself if I didn't have these weekly focused sessions on looking at this situation or this person or myself from a different space. Yes. Cause I always tell people, well, thank you, you know, for giving me the space too. Cause I hope that our sessions even feel that way. Right. Like if you have a broken leg, or even like a sprained ankle, I guess is a better example of this, but you're carrying around those insecurities, those fears, those doubts, regardless of if you face them or not. So think about if you had a sprained ankle, it's going to be there regardless of whether or not you use your crutches and actually lift it up and give yourself the time and the space to heal. But I like to think about my work as like the ice pack that you would put on or the crutches that you walk around with where it's only there to bring a level of ease and love and safety to the healing process. But you have to acknowledge that your ankle is sprained first. (laughs) Great, great metaphor. (laughs) I I think too, that mindset is it's for me, it's kind of like, well, it's what if I don't do this to me, that's scarier. And it's, taking chances and going outside your comfort zone while it's scary. I think I find it scarier to stay stuck and be in the same routine and be like, well, I, and I don't want to come from a place. Well, what if, what if, and I, I think about this a lot when I'm making personal decisions. Okay. Am I going to be laying on my deathbed thinking if I just would have done this? Mm. Sadly, shirt sauna is one of my things. If I just, <laughs> what if, what if wow. the world didn't have this multi-garment clothing steamer, but it, it is, is true. true. And it's like, well, what if I, didn't allow myself to be vulnerable. What if I just stayed in that job to take that, you know, steady paycheck where I felt secure, but I had these entrepreneurial, you know, dreams that I never tried to do. And so I think, you know, I, another thing too, like when you, when you highlight the work you're doing, what I love is the accessibility. Mm. Because like you said, you can see it in print for free on like social media. You can pay $10 for a class or you can invest more in these personalized sessions. Mm. And so I think that is so, so important because so many things are like, come to this program and it's only X amount and you only have to do this or sign up for this many. And, and while that works for some people, it's not accessible to everybody. And I think too, like getting into working with you and doing tarot, the online sessions, I mean, $10 is a great way to see you in action and see how easy you can do something in an online modality. Because people will tell me, well, I mean, how can you really do it online? I don't know, but you do it. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know how it works, but like one of those sessions is mind blowing and it's so enlightening mm-hmm. and you're in this room with all these other people and sharing all this emotion and space. And, you know, you're very, 
you're very forthcoming about like, you know, kind of take what resonates and leave the rest. And it's, it's mind blowing. I, like I said, I don't know how it comes across on Zoom, but it does. Well, are, do you feel called to do like a five minute session with us? I mean, you said we weren't going to make this about us. Oh, we tried. did. We, we did say that. We tried our best. I mean, I'm fully happy. Why don't we just do a couple of cards for the collective? Like those yeah. that are choosing to tune in, this is kind of the message that's coming through. So I'll give you guys it, uh, like a really as authentic as I can kind of version of this. So I'm already shuffling my cards. Um, so we'll just take a moment here. And if you're listening or if you are Laurel and Jessa sitting on the other side of this, just keeping your eyes closed and starting to breathe deeply in through the nose and out through the mouth, allowing your energetic vessel to be open at this time to receiving divine messages of the purest and highest intention only. We'll call forth my spirit guides and the spirit guides of all those listening of the purest and highest intention only We're giving us messages of clarity and accuracy today on exactly what the collective needs to hear. My guides, what information do we have? Oh, wow. All three major arcanas. So for those of you that are not familiar with tarot, the major arcanas are the more rare cards in the deck. So the deck is made up of 22 major arcanas and 56 minor arcanas that have all of the elements and the suits that are associated with them. Um, so to get all three, three out of three of the major arcanas, this is rare. And all it talks about is big, life-changing events. Um, so I actually have this um, version of Botticelli's Venus in the Half Shell tattooed on my left side. Um, so anytime that she comes out when I'm using this deck, I'm just like, there's power behind this. Like we are amplifying the energy of everything coming full circle and really allowing the moments where we've had full breakdown of our belief system, which we see within the tower card. Um, so it could have been a breakup, a loss of a job, a health scare, um, someone passing, um, changes within your family dynamic or your home that have happened recently that made you feel that you were at the mercy of the world, that the world had full power over your experience on this planet. But the reality and what your guides are coming through and saying is that you're actually the chariot driver. You're the one driving this forward. And instead of feeling like you're being used by this breakdown moment, can you alchemize that moment into the horses that are carrying you forward? So you're the one that's dictating where your life is going, but can you use these cataclysmic forces to be what bring you towards the point in your life where it all comes full circle and it makes sense. Um, it could be that there's a big investment, um, like change within clientele coming up if you're in business. Um, it feels like there's a, just a portfolio changing. There's a change within um, the way that you're giving and receiving money that comes in a very timely manner. So you could have been at your last penny and then all of a sudden you get a windfall of cash. And when we think windfall of cash and the potential of someone passing, this could also be inheritance money. This could be someone from 
um, your past that ends up being an investor in your future. Um, and if we're taking away the lens of money and career, um, you could have gone through a breakup with the wrong person, started moving forward with your heart space, and then end up with the person that just it gives you this aha moment of exactly why it didn't work with anyone in the past. So allow yourself to be open to the breakdown because that's really where the beauty is. Yes. Thank you. I love it. We appreciate it. That was so great. Yeah. Thank you for doing that on the fly. And of course. We, um, we can, for our listeners who want that experience, they can find you at Megan Rose tarot on Instagram and Twitter. So Megan, M-E-G-H-A-N, Rose Tarot um, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can search Glamour Tarot Scopes for the month to find out exactly what's coming ahead for your sun and rising sign. And you can also find me at www.themeganrose.com. Outstanding. Thank you so much. I have like a million more things to say, but we are on our hour. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And we will wrap it up with our th three key takeaways for listeners to walk away with. Amazing. So the three keys that I would love for everyone to take away, even if you believe in reincarnation, you only have this incarnation one time. Do what feels authentic for you in this life. You are not obligated to keep anyone around you that does not feel safe or healthy. And ultimately, you deserve exactly what you desire. Ooh. Oh, man. Nothing else to say. Thank you. Thank you so <laughs> much, Megan. This is wonderful. Send it, Thank you for listening to this episode of the Orion Podcast. If you're looking for a thoughtful gift for yourself or others, Shop ethical jewelry with a story at article22.com. Enjoy 10% off qualifying purchases with promo code ORION10. That's www.article22.com and code ORION10. Enjoy!